0: A number of years ago, I was talking to Dr. Irene Davis, who is sort of the godmother about natural movement and footwear. And she said, if we just got kids wearing minimalist shoes in 20 years, we would not be treating adults for the billions of dollars of problems they currently have with their feet and everything above. Well, we're going to be diving into that and many more things, I'm sure, on today's episode of The Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body, starting feet first, because, you know, those things are your foundation. And we also break down the propaganda, the mythology, and pardon me, sometimes the outright lies you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or hike or play or do yoga or CrossFit, whatever it is you like to do, and to do that enjoyably, efficiently, effectively. Did I Say enjoyably. Yes, I did. It's a trick question. Because uh, if you're not having fun, you're not going to keep it up. So, you know, do something right. that's having fun. I'm Stephen Sashen from Zeroshoes.com, your host. Of the movement movement podcast we call it that because we are creating a movement about natural movement letting your body do what it's made to do without getting in the way and the movement part the moving it forward that's all about you it doesn't take any effort it's really easy it's all what you know how to do um just give us a thumbs up and a like and a review and a share and a hit the bell icon on youtube i mean you know the gist of it. If you want to be part of the tribe, just subscribe. And also go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com to find previous episodes, to be alerted about new episodes, and to find all the places you can find us on social media and wherever podcasts are podcastable. All right, that's all the intros. So um, I'm not going to introduce my next guest because you know I hate doing that because I never say things that are as interesting as them. So tell people who you are and what you're doing here.
1: (laughs) You're always very interesting, Stephen. Uh, My name's Kobe Dean, and I'm the author and illustrator of the children's book, I Go Barefoot.
0: I had one sitting on my desk when I left last weekend or last week. It was sitting on my my desk here and it disappeared. So there you are. I go barefoot. It's
1: probably backwards, but uh, it
0: looks looks totally correct. Yeah.
1: Readable. Okay, cool.
0: It is exactly correct. So tell people about this book and why you did it.
1: Yeah, I was inspired. I like to go barefoot myself. And I wanted to create a book that would inspire kids and parents about the fun and positive aspects of going barefoot. I think a lot of times there's just this like fear about, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen if you don't have shoes on your feet? And, uh, you know, it was just almost paralyzing. And so and there's a lot of things that we'll probably discuss that stem from problems that stem from that mindset. So when I created the book, uh, having, you know, I love the subject and I wanted it to be fun and positive because there's just too much negative about it. You know, or just even our mindsets, you know, like, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, so that's that's why I did it.
0: So I've noticed... Uh, so wait, where are you located? I can't remember.
1: I live in in North Carolina with my family.
0: So interesting. Neither of us are in places that people typically think of as barefoot friendly, like basically a beach or somewhere that's warm all the time. And I know that, and I bring that that specific example up because when I'm like walking around barefoot in Costco, which I do often... Um, I've had kids come up and look at me and say to their, you know, mom or dad, "Hey, that kid's that guy's not wearing any shoes." And if the parents are hip enough to do it, they'll say to the kid, "Well, go ask him about that." And my response is, "Have you ever been to the beach?" And they say, "Yeah." And I go, "Do you wear shoes at the beach?" They go, "No." I go, "Whoops, well, pretend to wear at the beach." And to the parents, I'll say, "Since I'm in Colorado, just pretend we have post-earthquake beachfront property." Uh, <laughs> So I spent a lot of time barefoot, all seasons, um, but talk to me about how you, A, found yourself spending more time barefoot. What was the inspiration and what did you notice when you started doing that? And last but not least, what's it like doing that in North Carolina? Not the most, depending on where you are, not necessarily the most open-minded state in the country. And I say that as someone who lived there for five years.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I was listening to the podcast about your Duke experience. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I've always wanted, you know, when I was younger, I didn't go barefoot as much as I do now. I had a mom who's very uh, protective, I guess, you know, or she would just say, oh, you know, you need to put your shoes on, etc. It was kind of like the default, right? And so as I could make my own choices as I grew up, uh, and uh, I just, I was a lot happier that way. I just, I just didn't like the feeling of shoes on my feet. And you know, there were some hurdles, like, you know, sometimes you just wonder, like, what other people will think of you, or, you know, uh, but I just pushed past that, I just knew that, you know, I, I was, it was just part of who I was. And, um yeah, so that's kind of my
0: do you journey. Still, in do you still find yourself having the thoughts that people will think you're crazy or fill in the blank, but you just don't care that those thoughts come up or do they not come up
1: so here's what i found that if you it's it's a confidence thing so if i'm in an environment where you know if i'm going to a store and i choose to be barefoot in the store um i'm not going to make a big deal about it you know i'm not i'm not trying to make a statement i'm just that's just part of who i am so i just i'm just going in. And I'm not looking at my feet and I'm not looking around, you know, like people wonder what people are thinking of me, you know, because when you do that, you know, it's like you're a magnet, an intention magnet. But if you're, you know, pushing your cart through the store and you're, you know, you're saying, okay, I need to go this section and you're just not, it's just like, as if you had shoes on, yeah. you had the confidence, you know, to, to be barefoot in that environment. I find people don't really even pay attention uh, for the most part.
0: Interesting. And,
1: and sometimes, okay, like, here's an interesting story. Like, you were talking about your kids in Costco. So I was in one of the big box um, home improvement uh, garden centers a couple about a year or two ago. And I was, you know, barefoot. And so I was walking past, like, a grandma and her young grandson. He was probably about, I don't know, seven to ten anyway. And <laughs> the funny thing, he said, he said to her as I passed by, he says, I hate wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I think it gave him a voice, you know, in a way, it gave him an opportunity to dialogue about how he really felt. Uh, I'll give you another example. Okay, I go to a chiropractor and uh, I'll go there barefoot. And um, one day we were waiting for the chiropractic office to open. We're standing around. There was a couple people One, a couple older ladies, a man, he didn't say too much, but one of the women said, you know, is this really, he was like, she was like, oh, that's really amazing that you're going barefoot. I said, yeah, well, this is part of what I, you know, who I am. And she said, well, thank you for um, being brave Hmm. and being a leader in that, because I, I honestly, I wish I could be as brave as you were. So sometimes it just takes that you know, sense, you know, that confidence that we have in ourselves. You know, this is not a, a wrong thing to do. Um, it's a very natural part of living, and you know, and it inspires others. You know, to that they would want to do it as well.
0: Have you ever? Um... Uh, it's been a while since I've been in this situation, but have you had a situation where you were hassled for being somewhere barefoot? And how did you respond? Oh, to that? this is a great story. This is a great <laughs> story. Sorry, okay, for anyone listening, the moment that I finished the question, you got so ridiculously excited. That was wonderful to see. So, uh,
1: <laughs> so I was in a, a re- an airport. Okay, not a huge internet. It was an international airport, but not a huge one. And so I had just uh, left my wife at the the gate, uh, you know, to be checked in. And I was kind of like standing out in a hallway because you couldn't go past a certain point. And I was waiting to hear back from her on the cell phone about, you know, she got on and stuff like that. So as I'm standing there minding my own business, uh, I guess she was a stewardess or somebody walked by. And she was like, you know, the matron. All All right. She was like, where are your shoes? And I just politely said, I didn't wear any. And she says, you need to wear shoes in this airport. This is a, this is, you cannot be here barefoot in this, in this airport. So my reaction was this. I said, wow. Okay. Thank you very much for telling me. Thank you for taking the time to tell me that. And, you know, so much like uh, have a good day. (laughs) And she was like, I guess she was expecting like an argument or something like that. (laughs) and so you know so i said that it diffused her and you know she was like oh okay well yes have bye and i said like have a good day and it was just like over you know (laughs) and i just continued to stand there i think i moved off to the side so i wasn't like out in the open you know at that point but you know it it was just our response is critical yeah you know and 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 in I don't know, navigating through that situation. I mean, you know, I just I just put myself in a very, you know, I, I wanted to be gracious. Mm. I guess I didn't want to be a jerk about it, you know, but yeah. I didn't also want her to intimidate me either
0: because yeah, I knew that
1: there was no real rule about that, but I was just being polite and I just, well, thank you for taking the time to tell me.
0: Yeah. You're a better man than I. Um, the last time I was in a local grocery store and one of the people said, you know, you can't be in her bare, in bare feet. I said, Why? she said uh, it's a health code issue i said it's actually not just so you know um, there's no yeah. health code about it and she's well it's about sanitation i said i'm really not worried about my feet getting dirty <laughs> you
1: know like when <laughs> was the last not time she
0: expecting.
1: right i mean you're not picking up the lettuce with your feet in fact you're picking up the lettuce with your hands which are probably right. just as unsanitary as your feet are
0: oh no no much much more um probably, someone right? someone told me that there was some study that they read that like the most unsanitary thing in a grocery store is the handles on the carts you're pushing because right. they just never get cleaned. Um, yeah. But, you know, it cracks me up. It's like I'm much more attentive to how my how clean my feet are than I am to how clean my shoes might be. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that struck me as a good one. I, my favorite, what was my favorite one? Oh, and Whole Foods, which ironically they've hassled me a couple of times. And, Unbelievable. And just as they're hassling me. And I said, you know, what's the problem with being bare in bare feet? And they said, well, you knew you could step on something. And at that point, somebody walks by with their dog. And I went, well, what about the dog <laughs> stepping on something? And there's just no response to that. So, um, I i mean, I haven't really been hassled. My favorite thing is if I wear shoes, and people have probably heard me say this, if they've listened to this before, I'll wear mismatched colors, which I'm doing right now. And I'm <laughs> in line at the pharmacy at Costco. And the guy behind me says, hey, your shoes don't match. And the pharmacist, without even looking up, says, he's wearing shoes. (laughs) So, you know, they know. And they, I I was going in there for years without anyone saying anything. And then they kind of hassled me at one point. And I just showed them a letter from the Secretary of State saying there's no law that says that, you know, you can't be in here without shoes. And it is something where people can have a rule um, and they can, uh, uh, um, what's the word I was looking for? Uh, enforce. That's it. Enforce that rule. But there's no law that I've ever heard. Now, the airport one's interesting. I got into the habit for a while after I took my shoes off when I had to do that. I'd take my shoes off to go through TSA checkpoints, and then I just wouldn't put them back on. And then I just not, didn't put them on to begin with, and I just walked through. Not a problem, not a problem for years. And once getting on a Southwest flight, the guy at the counter says, you have to wear shoes. I said, why? He goes, it's the law. I said, no, it's actually, there's no law about that. He goes, well, it's my law. I said, nope, there's no such thing. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like, if you don't wear shoes, I'm not going to let you on the flight. So I put them on just enough to get by him. Then I took them off when I was on the jetway. And then annoyingly he had to run down the jetway for something and he saw me and he got like furious. It's like, all right, (laughs) put it back on. Now, here's the thing that's interesting about this. Um, He was kind of right. When you get an airplane ticket, you're actually engage, entertain. Uh, God, I can't even think of the words that start with E today. You are entering into a contract with the airline and they are giving you the right to fly on their plane contingent on certain things. And one of them is, is they can remove you from the plane for any reason. And it explicitly says for being in bare feet. Now, okay. if you look into why that was written in, in like the 60s, early 70s, when they wanted to keep hippies off the plane. Oh, wow. And they just never changed it. And there's no reason for it. It's just one of those things. So, you know, I go back and forth depending on whether it seems like someone's going to give me a hard time or not. I'm not trying to, yeah. I don't want to be combative, but I can't say I don't enjoy it.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised you're able to get into Costco and successfully like that because in their bylaws, they do say, you know, you oh, really? have to.
0: Yeah. Um, never had an issue there. Um, the other grocery stores that I go to again, I've had one person make one comment and then I go, all right, next time I'll you know, do that. And I never do. And I love to say that on a hot summer day, going into the produce section and bare feet and standing by the produce when the mister is going off, uh, <laughs> that's like the closest thing you can do to being a kid running through the sprinkler when you're an adult. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so when did you start your barefoot journey, if you will?
1: I guess it was gradual. Um, Once I got out of college, I was, you know, as I was um, just regular life, I just started doing it more. I had a job. I worked in quick printing for uh, about 10 years and the owner worked without shoes. So, yeah, that was awesome. So I started working without shoes and sometimes I'd walk to work without shoes and it was a great experience. I enjoyed it so much.
0: What about the rest of your family? Are they doing it as well?
1: My wife was a hardcore barefooter when she was younger. She doesn't so much anymore, but she doesn't care about my, you know, going barefoot. She's not embarrassed or anything like that. So, And my son, you know, he's just, you know, he's content to wear shoes. So I don't push it, you know.
0: It's so funny. You said she's not embarrassed. It never occurred to me to ask my wife how she felt when we were together and I was in bare feet. Um, And in bare feet is a weird way of saying it when I wasn't wearing shoes. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'll have to ask her. She certainly has never like said anything. And of course, the number of things that I could possibly do that would embarrass her way beyond not wearing (laughs) shoes is just (laughs) Legion. So uh, I'm sure this one's just like, yep, that's no big deal compared to the other stuff he says and does. (laughs) Um, So then you decided um, at some point though, even though your son is not particularly in a barefoot lifestyle, which by the way, I, I can imagine for kids, there'd be more attention to how other people respond and peer pressure, et cetera. Um, so I would never push it as well. But what made you think, okay, I got to spread the word and then decide to write and illustrate a book?
1: What was my motivation for that? Yeah,
0: like, you know, why that versus any of the myriad other ways that one could try to get the word out?
1: Well, you know, it's just a fun topic for me, and I felt like there was enough need uh, in culture to talk about it, or you know, to bring it up in a book form for with kids to be exposed to, because too often, for whatever reason, you know, parents are like, "Okay, we're going, put your shoes on, let's go." You know, it's like the default all the time, and so you get, you know, kids are conditioned that, okay, I'm going out, I need to put my shoes on. And I felt like I wanted to counteract that a little bit, you know, and, and present another way, in a way that broke the paradigms that people have about going barefoot, that, and in this book, it's based in a beach town, you know, cause it's, I guess people, you know, it was, there was a lot of things, activities you can do barefoot that you do at the beach, but some right. things you can carry over it in non-beach environments. And so it just, and I, you know, I, it's forty-four pages, forty-four fully illustrated pages, and I never thought I would have that much material, you know, <laughs> on the subject. You know, I just started doing it right, and I thought, oh, what about what about that? I could do that, and and then it came into in like a rhyme, you know. I I came, it's it's prose. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually a song. I, I'm a musician as well. So it's a rap song and you can download the uh, audio book. It's a, literally a musical audiobook um, that goes along with it. And again, that's the type of thing that, you know, it's music. It's, a, it's, it's got a very strong hook for the chorus. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that kind of gets in you. Music has a way of, you know, getting inside of you and in your, in your head as well so i wanted just to you know push the push the uh, envelope so to speak uh, and break help people break free from some paradigms as i did more research about the benefits of going barefoot man i'm really glad i I did and i'm really glad you're doing podcasts like this because it really is something that needs to be addressed the 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 the, uh, whole movement thing being barefoot while you're moving so important in the development of children huge and you know i i went to uh, well, i worked at the public school system as well i did that for about 14 years and and i started out and progressively i saw things that were happening that was were more more regulations more restrictions on children um for example uh, well, you know, but and basically where that came from in the policy making for for schools was they were fearful of lawsuits. Yeah. So they would make these rules like, OK, for example, uh, no monkey bars. OK, you can't you can't be on the monkey bars. Now, you you talk to people uh, and I'll, I'll mention this other woman a few uh, right now. I might as well. Her name is Angela Hanscom. She wrote the book Balanced and Barefoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a fantastic book. Oh, my goodness. If you could get her on your show, dude, that would I'm, be amazing. I'm, I'm
0: making a note right now because I should have and didn't think of it.
1: She is an occupational therapist by profession, and she reads the mail of culture in the public school. And, it's, and even in, in, in American culture or, or Western culture. I would say western culture because it's not just america it's also like england and other english speaking countries something like that whatever you want to say but she assesses in the first part of the book it's an epidemic of developmental disabilities statistically compounded uh, over the decades of of problems that our children are currently facing because of lack of physical movement in an unstructured outdoor environment and she even goes to and as far as saying with shoes on (laughs) yeah there's a section of the book that talks about it's okay to go barefoot and it's probably better for them to be barefoot yeah i i gotta read i I have i've been reading the book lately and i gotta read like some of the (laughs) sheet the first part of the book is so like oh my gosh all the problems like she addresses, like, why can't my ch- child sit still? Why does my child need therapy? Why can't my child pay attention? Why can't my child physically keep up? Why is poor posture the new norm? Uh, why are they frail like grandmothers fine China? Why does my child fall so often? Uh, why is my child so aggressive, uh, have difficulty reading, so emotional, Um why doesn't my child like to play? It's and and it's all and and she's she's presenting all these things and she's she's giving the stats. So if you're a numbers person, it's not just her opinion. She's in the field as yeah. an OT. She did the research with you know the percentages of increase and and the amount of all the kids are on desk. You know have developmental disabilities. There's not enough OT pe- people to go around, and she's saying, look. Part of the problem, you know, the, basically the root cause is we're not getting enough physical movement outside in unstructured free play. Interesting. And while you're there, take the shoes off.
0: <laughs> you know, we've had, uh, I'm not, um, suggesting, or I'm not, how do I want to say this? I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV Correct. Uh, or the internet, but, and there's no science behind what I'm about to say, but there is a not insignificant amount of anecdotal information that is spontaneously given to us. And this is that I have parents of kids with ADD, ADHD, autism, who say, my kids only want to wear your shoes and they're functionally better. And I said, especially for the ADD, ADHD thing, I said, I think I know why from a neurological standpoint. I would contend that the stimulation they're getting from either being barefoot or being in shoes like ours rather than big thick cushion things has a similar impact to uh, Ritalin. Ritalin is a mild stimulant. When you haven't been letting your brain feel things and then you let it feel again, it's a stimulating effect. And and in the same way that when I was living in New York City, I used to joke that the best place for me to meditate was on a subway because the noise of the subway was a little louder than my thinking. And it was surprisingly easy for me to concentrate there um, or just relax there. And this is a thing that... um, no one has researched yet. And I really would like to, there ha- there was research in Japan years ago that showed that kids who were barefoot were developing socially more quickly than those who weren't. And they theorized just because they had to pay attention to what they were doing with their feet and how people responded to them. And so it just it just accelerated their awareness about um, how to take care of themselves and how that worked just in relation to other people.
1: There was, there's a professor, his name is Stephen Happel. And he's based in England, but several years ago he did. He was commissioned to do a, uh, uh, you know, a, um, research on uh, how to make schools better. And there are multiple facets to this, but going barefoot in school, having a shoeless learning environment was a big part of it.
0: Interesting. And,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, he, he wrote the article. In fact, what I'll do is I'm going to... um. Any resource that I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to put down in my blog and I'll I'll make it available for everybody. OK, Perfect. that'd be great. So his and I have a link to his um, his research. Uh, and, um, you know, first of all, we need to understand that Shula schools, I, I depict that in the book. I wanted to depict that in the book because I, I people need to know it really is a thing. Yeah, because most people are like, are, are you kidding me? a school environment, that's crazy, but it's not, it's, it's actually, you know, here, here, they can't, they can't really, you know, figure out why, but as they do the analysis, grades are improving, behaviors, bad behaviors are decreasing, school maintenance costs are decreasing. Mm. So, I mean, that's a trifecta right there, you know, Better academics, kids are able to concentrate better, less bullying, cleaner schools, very interesting, lower costs. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out scientists to figure out that's pretty good. That's a good thing.
0: Yes, I would argue that is true. That is fascinating. The um, there was a thought that I had that just flew right out of my brain. So, this whole idea about the benefits of barefoot beyond just your own personal thing just w- how fun it could be how good it feels and of course for people who haven't really tried it I know in fact I'm gonna toss this one out there what would you recommend I have some thoughts about this I think um, I haven't really entertained this thought before so I'm watching them br- kind of bubble up into my head if somebody hasn't tried being barefoot in public how what would you suggest they do what would you think they might need to be on the look out for or aware of or attentive to and not thinking about surfaces i'm thinking about what might be happening inside their mind for example or whatever else you can think of that would be um, that might give people the willingness just to give it a shot
1: well in, in the book i address that on a kid's level uh one of the first things it says is that at first it feels prickly the ground is much rougher but as i continue my bare feet get tougher uh, and so what I'm saying is that, you, you know, it's normal when you start going barefoot to feel like, oh, my gosh, everything feel, feels so loud. I'm like, oh, 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 I don't think I can do this. Oh, oh, oh. And then mo- but if you push past that, it's like, oh, yeah, OK. Actually, you actually uh, it's almost like you learn to appreciate. Mm. Uh, oh, and that's the next phrase of the book, avoiding sharp objects like sticks and sand burrs, I learned to appreciate different textures.
0: <laughs> it's interesting. I have a the idea that your feet get tougher. While you definitely do over a not insignificant amount of time, the skin does get a little thicker, but not like what people think, where they think your feet become like a baseball glove and it protects you from everything. My suspicion is that, at first, that feeling you described is from... The fact that you haven't been getting that stimulation and that your brain is a little hypersensitive. Right. So, what your brain does really well in all circumstances is it's really good at filtering out unnecessary information. It's like Mm -hmm. one of the biggest functions that it has. And so, over time, you actually learn that you don't need to be that hyper reactive, hyper responsive because it's not problematic. And so, it's just that you're getting used to something, you get more attentive to what is or isn't something you need to pay attention to. I also, I there's so many things that I wish I had done had I, the crystal ball known what my barefoot experience was going to lead to. Because I would have A, taken an imprint of my foot to show my crazy ass flat feet and then how that, those have changed. And the other is doing some way of measuring my reflex arc and just how quickly I stepped off of things because, um, actually there's a third, because I don't feel like I've become numb or uh, not feeling. I feel like I'm much more attentive. And if something's bad, I'm just off of it more quickly. And mostly as a reflex, something. And Mm -hmm. I also think my feet have become, in addition to stronger, that's kind of a no brainer, but I also think they become more flexible and that allows me to kind of things that I, when I first started doing this, things that I used to step on that were uncomfortable now are like a foot massage and the number of things that I step on that are uncomfortable has gotten to be very, very small. Now, pointy cactus things, that's a whole different story, um, right. you know, in, in the normal world. I mean, let me. Um, so I have a slightly different take on what happens as you progress in this experiment. Um, but one thought that just popped in my head, and if I don't say it, I'll forget it. What cracks me up is when I am running around barefoot is people will say, but what if you, and they fill in the blank with things that just don't happen. What if you step on whatever? Or my favorite is, what if you step in dog shit? And I and I say, when's the last time you did that? And they go, well, I don't know, 20 years ago. I said, well, why are you going to start now?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's always like some of the worst things I've ever imagined never happened to me. Like what? Well, I'm just saying it's a phrase. You know, oh, sometimes oh, yes, yes, yes. the things, worst things that we imagine just never happen.
0: Or, yeah, so, too- so where's the
1: issue? It's in yeah. our heads, it's, it's yeah. in our hearts. Some fear comes up, like, oh, well, what if, what if, what if? I mean, yeah. it's paralyzing.
0: Well, I've, I will confess, I've stubbed my toe twice in the last 15 years. So, you know, it
1: happens. I mean, yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, risk, <laughs> risk, there's risks everywhere. And you get in a car to drive somewhere, it's a risk. You yeah. go into the kitchen to cook something, boil water. It's a risk.
0: <laughs> it is true. I, I mean, and to be clear, th- I did the same thing twice. Once I was at my sister's house. I'm going walking up the driveway. I didn't notice that the garage pad was about two inches higher than the driveway, and I just <laughs> so I stubbed my toe. Oh, and then I'm in downtown Boulder, and I'm walking with a friend, and we're walking on the sidewalk, and I didn't notice. That one of the little tree areas, one of the rocks they had surrounding the tree had somehow escaped, uh, was trying to go somewhere else. I don't know where, and it was in the middle of the sidewalk. And I just wasn't paying attention because we—I was engrossed in the in the conversation and mm-hmm. and stubbed my toe there. And uh, so I, you know, I mean, many people will find this to be horrible, but I had to have a Band-Aid on my toe for almost twenty-four hours. I mean, you know, that was a big deal.
1: It happens, you know, <laughs> but but I think that that's you know the the. Uh that's what we need to get free of that fear Uh, especially with you know as we help our kids develop because this is not just like a preference thing i mean yes it is a preference thing to to, you know there is the aspect of it but it's also a huge developmental thing
0: yeah because you're if
1: you're putting your kids feet in shoes all the time those feet are not getting strengthened Right. And, you know, you you Google something like, is it okay to go barefoot all the time? And usually you'll get some expert who's a podiatrist who will say, oh, well, you know, going barefoot is good. But you really need need to have your feet in shoes uh, in order to develop the support that they need to, uh, you know, function well. Right. You're shaking our, our heads. Right. It's totally okay. So what's why are they saying that? I mean, let's just be honest. And I don't mean to insult any podiatrists. Okay. But really what's your motive there? Yeah. I mean, do you make a significant income of of your profession from
0: orthotics? Do you know where they, where it's really hard to find a podiatrist? Where? Any place where they don't have indoor plumbing, any place where they're not wearing the shoes that we wear. And, And I had a friend who went to Everest base camp and he's watching these Sherpas who are just like flying up the mountain. And at best, they were wearing flip-flops and yeah. these, you know these amazing hiking boots and and they are totally fine and never had a problem and, exactly you know it's this is this is the the counterfactual thing that i like is we're so in our own private idaho here in the west that we're shocked when we go somewhere where they're doing the exact opposite and they're totally fine and some people will then go huh Wait a minute, that's the opposite of what I thought. That's a counterfactual. Maybe there's something to that, and other people will just think they're weird, they're unusual, they're special. And uh, nope. <laughs> so yeah.
1: um, I mean, you, you look at uh, a guy like uh, Paul Thompson, you know who, who you've interviewed with. he's the barefoot podiatrist in Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, he lets his kids go barefoot all the time. And you know, he recently posted something on social media those kids feet are like, I don't know what you want to Superman feet. I mean, they're just they're like, he shows them climbing rocks, and they're like, rolling down the hills. And you know, like, they're just doing all these physical activities, the kids should be doing outdoors yes. and barefoot. And they're like healthy, happy kids.
0: Well, and I'm going to brag a little bit, because this is something that I just discovered. Um, I want to be clear that just be, if people listen to this are not children, which I'm assuming most aren't, um, you can start this whole thing at any age. There's no no reason to wait. Um, there's research showing that people in their 90s, if they start doing weight training, get stronger. And um, there's a, a study. It's the RSI study. It's a reflexive study. Basically, you put your hands on your hips and you videotape this at at least 240 frames a second, super slow mo. And you jump up and down as quickly as you can. You want to use as little knee bend as possible. Basically, you're just bouncing off your feet as as quick and as fast as you can. And what you measure is the amount of time you're on the ground and the amount of time you're in the air. And you just divide the amount of time you're in the air by the amount of time you're on the ground. And you get an RSI score. And if you are a very accomplished athlete, your score will be over 2.5. If you're an extremely accomplished athlete, it'll be over three and anything over like you're a freak of nature and so i'm 60 going to be 61 years old in just a little bit and um, i got a 2.6 and this is all of it's really fundamentally all about foot strength and i don't know what i would have scored 15 years ago before i started doing this but you know i'm almost 61 years old and i'm outperforming professional athletes who are half my age yeah you know no reason not to start
1: going back to um Angela Hanscom, you know, the author of Balanced and Barefoot. I mean, she was, to her own admission, uh, what we would call a helicopter mom, okay? She would, uh, she has, I think she has two daughters, and she would just make sure that everything was safe for them. Mm. You know, she would, everything was protected, everything was sanitized. And so she realized that she was doing her child a disservice, because there's so many things that children should be exposed to in an, in an outdoor environment, in unstructured, free play, barefoot, yeah, that will strengthen their immunities, build their arches, strengthen their feet, and increase their stamina, uh, stimulate their imagination and cognitive development. Her daughter had, I think, she, if I remember correctly... Had flat feet, okay. Up until the time that she got this revel, her you know the the Angela got this revelation about being outside and being barefoot, and then she just, you know, let her daughter go without shoes. And what do you think happened? She got her feet back. Yeah, she got her got arches, and she didn't need orthotics or anything
0: like that. And let's be clear, um, arch height is predominantly genetic. But arch strength is what determines how much you're maximizing the arch that you have. I was at a chiropractic conference a while back, and the guy running it said to the other chiropractors, "If you need to pay Sashin five bucks to feel his feet, pay him because they at that time they were flatter. Is you know, so they're not what you would think is ideal from a from a just sort of visual perspective. But then check out how strong they are, and right. that's the important part. And this is the thing that I harp on. Um, is that it's about strength and flexibility not about some magic number of you know how high your arch is or not yes um, yeah uh, this whole do you know why this is a wacky tangent do you know why because i don't uh if you had flat feet that kept you out of the army back in the 50s and 60s
1: uh, you know that's a good question because that is true
0: i gotta look that up i'm i have no doubt that it was based on some complete bit of mythology that had no basis in fact
1: Maybe it was because you you didn't have enough strength.
0: I I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. We'll have to look into this. This could be a fun one. And if anyone knows, you know, let me know. Yeah,
1: you're, you know, it's like uh, uh, Paul Thompson is saying, you know, you, you build strength from the ground up, you know, your feet yeah. and, and the rest follows.
0: Oh, oh, pro, um, professional powerlifters say that for every lift they do. They said, look, even the bench press okay. starts with your feet. There you go. And and we've had a bunch of we've gone to powerlifting competitions and had a bunch of lifters like try on our shoes at our booth. And then we've had more than a handful say, I'm about to go compete. Can I wear these? And then they go and set a personal best. And yes, it could be psychological, it could be a placebo effect, it could be something, but they come back almost without question or without exception, say, see, there's another e-word that I couldn't find. Um, almost without exception, saying I just felt like I was really pushing out of the ground better than i was before because their toes weren't being squeezed together and if you look at people who are in, doing the deadlift in particular they will usually be in barefoot or barefoot or be in socks or be in some pretty low profile shoe but usually still too narrow for their foot so there's there's that component as well and then um guys doing the squat that cracks me up because they think they need squat shoes which if you look at a squatting shoe it's basically a wooden sole stiff wooden sole with a bit of a heel lift So the shoe does nothing. It's basically the floor at an angle. And the guy who invented that was someone who had like short femurs and needed that because he just, the way his body worked, he couldn't squat all the way down. And so came up with this idea of just elevating his heel, which helped. And then everyone's still like, oh, I guess we need to elevate our heels. Like, (laughs) no.
1: That was just for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that happens. That is the the nature of the professional sporting world is someone does something a little different, does really well, and everyone goes, well, we better do that too. Otherwise we may be at a disadvantage without understanding what the thing is or what it actually does or doesn't do.
1: Yeah, yeah, funny, crazy.
0: So um, as we bring this into a soft landing, how, when, how are you making people aware of the book?
1: Well, through podcasts like this, um and and uh an organic tra- you know awareness of it um i am going to start advertising a little bit more because that, that's part of you know the marketing of things but it was released in november so it's it's uh it's pretty new still a new book uh it's a baby yeah but you know like my my desire uh you know is to equip parents really to um be able Aware to break free from really uh mindsets that are stifling their children yeah uh and it has to do with being barefoot but it also has to do with getting outside and doing unstructured free play and uh you know the, the resources that i'm going to uh spell out in the blog that i'll put on the website will will list these you know like balanced and barefoot by uh, angela Hanscom and and uh, Oh, another one is A Thousand Hours Outside, and that's by right. Virginia Urich. You like this, too.
0: Wait, who's the yeah. Uh
1: Virginia Urich.
0: Writing it down. Um, what I can tell you from a marketing perspective is this. If you go after mommy bloggers and your basic pitch is, do you want your kids to grow up with fucked up feet? Um, I was thinking of a better way to say that, but I couldn't think of a word with e. Um, so, if you want, if you don't want your kids to, you know, have their feet get messed up, which could be bad for balance and strength and agility and all those things, then we need to talk. And because no parent wants to put their kid at a disadvantage, ironically, if you make the same argument to them, they may have an issue. But if you say it's about their kids, oh, yeah. they'll be more attentive. And I yeah. say this because I have a friend who started a, a footwear company for kids, and that's that was her entire pitch to parents. That was her whole marketing was going after for mommy bloggers. Um, we are, by the way, going down in sizes to get smaller and smaller to be able to accommodate the people who think their kids need something or for when their kids do. But just as an FYI, uh, that's the that would be the, the angle that I would take if I were in your not shoes. Um, <laughs> so if people want to find out more about uh, your book and get a copy and hear the song that goes with it and everything else you're doing, please tell them how they can do that.
1: Sure. Yeah. You could go to barfusa.com, B-A-R-F-O-O-Z-A.com. And if you can't remember that, I also purchased igobarefoot.com, and that will roll over to barfusa.com. There go. Um, and there you can order the book. You can get the download of the audio book. Um, the blog will be there uh, for with the links. It's under... Uh, footnotes to parents that's what it's called footnotes to parents and i'll i'll add uh, all these links to it which will help equip you as parents to to really help in your child's development um, awesome
0: yeah well kobe this has been an absolute pleasure i want to thank you for uh, this way this happened to you spontaneously and without any provocation sent me a copy of the book and i said oh yeah we got attack and here we are so i'm so glad okay. you did that and so glad we sure. were able to have this chat and for everyone else I hope you do go to igobarefoot.com or barfusa.com and uh, check it out. Grab a copy for yourself or a parent that you know who has a child that you would like to help, you know, grow up happy, healthy, et cetera. And for everyone else, just a reminder, go to movement.com to find all the previous episodes, all the way you can engage with us. If you, and again, like and share and, uh, and give us a thumbs up and give us a review somewhere. And if you have any recommendations, anyone you want on the show, Uh, I'm always looking for someone to talk to someone who thinks I have a case of cranial rectal reorientation syndrome. Um, I can't seem to get them to actually join me on the podcast, mostly because in the conversation we have leading up to the podcast, I think it becomes clear that they're not going to have a good time. (laughs) <laughs> or not the time they expect, but, um, but again, if you have anything, uh, comments, requests, et cetera, drop me an email. I'm at move, M-O-V-E, at jointhemovementmovement.com, but most importantly, just go out and have fun and live life feet first.